Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right, for the Q&A podcast, you know the drill. We usually have three questions. If you want to ask us questions, hit up our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, and ask them there. Or you can DM us on the social meets at Barpath Fitness on Instagram. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Okay, question number one stems from our previous... Q&A. Yeah, podcast. I think it was, this is Q&A 33, and pretty yeah. sure we talked about incline, or the difference between incline and flat bench yes. press, and we got in a little bit about the decline bench press, and we said, stay tuned, we're going to talk about that on the next one. So we created our own qu- question for this. So. Yes. Okay. So question number one is, discuss your thoughts <laughs> on the decline bench press. Technically not a question, more <laughs> of a command, but yes. we'll take it. Yes. Okay. So I just feel like the decline bench press is really good for your ego. So you can generally <laughs> lift more weight because it's a shorter way to get to the bar to the chest, right? So you can yes. obviously lift more weight while you're doing it. So th- that's to say that it doesn't mean there isn't a benefit to that sometimes, but generally I feel like most good programs and what we usually stick to is the flat bench press as in you're laying on a flat bench and the incline bench press as in you're laying on an incline bench. Word. So. Yeah. 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 There are some ish benefits to the decline bench press, right? So yeah. um, it can activate the lower pec a little more. Um, studies show it's minimal, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking it up and it's. I mean, the last study really... I found was like 1997 that talked about it. So it's been a long time. Yeah. There's been like, there's studies here and there that I looked at. And it's really when you're doing any type of pressing, like bench pressing, your your whole chest is activating. I feel like people think like, okay, I'm doing incline. That means only my incline pecs are or <laughs> incline. <laughs> Sorry, my, my upper, upper pecs are going to activate. When in reality, your whole like pec area, all the muscles in your pecs are going to activate. You can just maybe emphasize different fibers at different in different areas. But the, with the decline, what I what I got into is that it's really minimal as far as the quote unquote lower pec area yeah. and it, your your whole chest is still working but again it's mostly just like okay you can lift more weight with the decline but it's not i feel like a lot of or in the body bodybuilding space space people will use this as a quote unquote tool to hit the lower pecs which right. which makes it, sense if you're a bodybuilder yeah it does yeah and it, it does make sense for a bodybuilder who, who's cool with spending a ton of time in the gym trying right. to work their pecs right? right and grow their pecs for a competition or that's just what they like to do but i really feel like most people can probably skip it you're not yeah. really missing out on a ton because again regular bench pressing and incline bench pressing you're gonna hit the whole pec muscle so if you want a good like eagle lift great do the decline bench <laughs> press but Honestly, it just like looks weird <laughs> in the gym. It's a really weird bench and it's a really weird setup. And I don't know. What do you think about setting up on the decline bench? Because I feel like I've used it a total of two times in my whole life. So like, you know, we, we talk about how to set up for benching and you want some sort of scapula, scapula uh, retraction and depression. Mm-hmm. I just feel like with that angle, it's going to be really hard to do. Yeah, it's a little harder to do. But the thing is, it takes a little bit of pressure off the shoulder. True. So I have seen people use a slight decline. I've mostly seen this with dumbbells instead of barbells, but like a slight decline if they're uh, recovering from some sort of shoulder injury. And that's mostly because of the decreased range of motion, right? Right. Like I think it helps with that, um, similar to like a floor press. Um, But yeah, uh, the setup is kind of weird. So you just have to get used to it. Um, But 
um, yeah, you have let you think you have less of that, like ne- the necessity to create that exactly scapular retraction depression because of the angle. Um, so yeah, it could also help a little bit with the shoulder, but there's not a lot of carryover to a lot of things with it. Like I yeah. read one article um, from a powerlifting coach who was like, yeah, it could like mimic the arch. Like say you are a powerlifter and you want to overload your bench and you want to overload the strongest position, which we can get into why you would do that, not want to do that later. But yeah. if you wanted to overload the strongest part of your bench and you just wanted to get used to like lifting more weight and getting heavier weight in your hands, I could see a benefit there. And that's what this coach was saying. However, there are better ways to overload in yeah. powerlifting usually. So you don't see it a lot in powerlifting yeah. programming, but that would be the reason why you would do it. Yeah. And whether or not you're a powerlifter and you just want to like bring up your bench press, I really wouldn't recommend overloading the the easiest part for you. Right. You would want to overload yes. the hardest part. Yeah. Which will... Or the sticking point. Or... Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like it's not, I mean, I guess you could say that laying down and pressing isn't super functional as in you're not usually going to be doing that a lot in daily life. I guess you could, but the decline is really not functional. Yeah. <laughs> like I really don't know of any instance where you're laying at some sort of a, de- like, are you hanging off a cliff and trying to like push yourself <laughs> up? I feel like that's, you should probably not never do that. But like, when are, when is that actually going to happen in life? But again, you know, I guess it could be functional if you are coming back from an injury, like Heather said, like, obviously, if any other position lying down pressing hurts besides the decline, well, I guess that's functional for you at the moment. But you would want to rehab your shoulder to get to the point where you can lay down on a flat bench or an incline bench because you're just going to get more out of those. You're getting greater range of motion and really there's no like magical lower pec activation for, you know, during the decline bench. So that's our, those are our thoughts. Those are our thoughts. Yeah. Use it if you want. Okay. Question number two, what are your thoughts on dairy? Is it healthy? There's too much, so much conflicting information. So dairy is definitely healthy if you can tolerate it. It's just one of those food groups that, isn't generally tolerated by a lot of people and that's okay if that's not you then don't eat dairy because you're going to be doing a lot more harm to your gut if you're choosing to eat dairy when it's making your stomach upset or you have not great poops or you have a lot of bloating you have a lot of gas you're getting acne from it I know that's a uh, quite common side effect from people who can't really tolerate dairy that much but if you can if you don't notice any of these side effects and you digest it really well it's a great animal protein source that has casein protein and whey protein and it, it's again it's an animal protein source so it's more bio bioavailable so again if you can digest it well like please eat it and there's obviously a lot of debate in the fitness and health space like a lot on instagram and just everywhere that you know like what is better grass-fed dairy versus not grass-fed dairy yes grass-fed dairy is going to be better because it just has a better nutrient profile however if you're on a budget I wouldn't worry about it. It's really very minimal as far as, you know, what is better for your health. The most important thing is getting enough protein and dairy is such a good protein source and it's a really easy protein source that I wouldn't worry about it. You're kind of splitting hairs there. But if you have the means and it's feasible for you and for your for your food budget every month and you do eat a lot of dairy on a, on a regular basis and full fat dairy, might I add, then yeah, I would definitely recommend going the grass-fed, raw dairy route if you can. But that, okay, let me let me get into the raw part. I was going to say, we're going to talk about Sorry, raw. yeah. <laughs> so raw milk and raw dairy products in most states is illegal, which I think that's illegal. I think that's really stupid. Is it illegal to sell it? It's illegal to sell, sell it. Like you can buy it. it. Yeah. So if you can find a farm 
that I don't know how they get around it, but there are certain farms that I've looked up. I mean, our client, Aaron, shout out Aaron. She gets raw milk delivered to her. She goes and picks it up at these farms and like she's making a ton of gains on it because milk, <laughs> that's a great like protein source and a great health food. And raw dairy is generally more easily digestible because when they pasteurize it, they get rid of all of those or it gets rid of all of the the bad bacteria, right? But also it gets rid of all those digestive enzymes in it. But also I would argue like, I don't know if there's that much quote unquote bad bacteria in raw milk. I just, there there could be if it's from a, a, a farm where the cows are just kind of shoved in crates and they're not allowed to roam and they're maybe not grass fed. I don't know, which is really sad. But yeah, I, I think if you're going to do the raw dairy, definitely get it from grass fed cows in grass finished, meaning they're grass fed their whole life, not just, you know, up until the two weeks before they, they kill them. So, well, I guess if they're, they're milking them, they don't have to be killed. But anywho, I would just do your due diligence, do your research on that. If you can't tolerate dairy and you really like it, maybe try to find a farm that sells raw dairy around you. If that's not an option for you, I wouldn't worry about it too much and just go with whatever dairy you have in the grocery store. Like I eat the, what is the brand? I don't know how to say it. Phage, Faye, the yogurt. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Faye, but I eat the 0% milk fat because if you are worried about the, the the quality of the the cow that you're getting your dairy from, a lot of the the not great oils and nutrients or whatever they sit it sits in the fat. So if you want to be safe, you can go for lower fat dairy. But we're getting into the weeds here. Dairy is completely fine. It's a great protein source. I love it. It tastes really good. Uh, yeah, I, I would just be wary again of who you're following on on Instagram because you'll probably pull up. If you're scrolling on Instagram, you'll probably pull up a reel where it's like, dairy's going to kill you. And then on the other hand, it's going to be like, dairy's amazing for you. You should eat it every second of the day. And it's like, just calm the fuck down, everyone. And like, stop fear mongering and like educate people on, you know, listening to their body a little bit better. Like, do you digest it well? Are you getting weird symptoms from it? Probably shouldn't eat it or probably fix your gut. Once you fix your gut, eat dairy if you like it. So cool. Yeah. All right. Any input from you? No, I have not. Do you like dairy? Yes. I like cheese. <laughs> okay, maybe cheese. I feel like cheese is one of those things where you probably shouldn't eat too much of it. Maybe like a serving or two, but I just feel like once we get past that, constipation starts to happen. Yeah. But yeah. But I still like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Question number three. What is your morning routine like? Oh, okay. I'll go first. So we've talked about our nighttime routines before. So let's talk about our morning routines. So my morning routine is I wake up. And I brush my teeth and I go outside for 10 minutes, get some sun in my eyes, do a little stretching, get some fresh air in, try not to really look at my phone for those first 10 minutes. And like, I'm not one of those people who preach like, don't look at your phone for the first hour and just sit there and meditate and read. And I'm like, fuck that. I do it for like 10 minutes and then I go poop and I look at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, go to the bathroom. Um, I usually have to go first thing in the morning if anyone wants to know. (laughs) but then I will just drink some water and I go right into my workout. And from there I'll jump in the ice bath. And before everyone comes at me saying, why are you jumping in the ice bath post-workout? That's really bad. I don't fucking care. I think (laughs) I've built muscle doing that. I know there's studies that show, okay, like obviously you want the inflammation after strength training workout. And if you go in the ice bath, it will potentially blunt that beneficial inflammation, but I don't give a fuck. 
I think there's still some. I go for five minutes at like 45 degrees and I feel great. And it's literally the only time I'm going to do it. So I feel like there's it's better for me to do the ice bath versus worry about the little bit of post-workout gains that I might lose from doing it. Speaking of ice bath, guess who took one today? <laughs> yeah, side note, she finally I got, got in the ice bath. I just want to note everyone that she literally got in the warmest ice okay. bath. It was 58 That's beneficial. or 59. Yeah, I feel like the the warmest one it you was should cold. do is 50 or warmest temperature you should do is 58 or 59 degrees and she was freaking out, which is to be expected when you first do it. Yeah. But I'm proud of her. She did it. She did it for three a minutes. full 3 minutes. I made her stand for 3 All the minutes. All way to my so. neck. She yeah. made me basically put my chin in yeah yeah okay. so anyway. okay back to it i mean by by the time i'm out of the ice oh, yeah. bath i mean i go in the shower right after and that's like two hours into my morning so i don't really know how far i go but generally I'll eat some breakfast after go train clients and you know get started started with my day so there's nothing really crazy and exciting there it's just i'm a morning workout person and it keeps me very routine and i really like that so i do not have a morning routine yeah, she really doesn't. Oh, I forgot my coffee. I get my oh, coffee after my okay. shower too, but that's really important. Coffee. Okay, so my nighttime routine, as we've talked about, my nightly is the most important thing to me, and I will always do it. Like the tea, the cleaning up the living room, the the news, all that stuff. But my morning routine, I do not have one. Uh, things vary, but lately I have been <laughs> training for a sprint triathlon. Why? I don't know. Just because. Yeah. Uh, and so I do kind of sort of, I'm kind of starting a routine ish because I, cause Katie trains clients at a gym occasionally. And so a few days a week, like I have to get the car home at a certain time. So like I will get up early and I will go straight to the gym and that's kind of a routine. I right? feel like that's not really a morning routine. No, though. but You're it just... is because now I train in the morning. True. So yeah. that has become a routine to me because now if I don't train in the morning, I'm not going to train. Well, that's true. So I've actually started going to the gym. Gosh. Okay. I go to the gym three times a week, but then I train five times a week now. Yeah. I guess a lot. Yeah. I guess five times I would make it a morning routine, but yeah, I just feel it's like a routine. Totally. Morning routines are overrated in my opinion. I feel like you see a lot of these like really super successful entrepreneurs and they're like, you got to wake up and you got to journal for, t- for 10 minutes. You got to get in the ice yeah, bath. Then shit. you got to, then you got to read a book for your, <laughs> In half hour. I do and all like, that shit at night. No, you don't yeah. actually. Like people, you can just do whatever you want. I really do think the nighttime routine is the most yeah. important thing because you're literally setting up the next day. Yep. I just prep for that next day so that yeah. when I do get up, if I'm busy and I have all these things I have to do, I can like put on the outfit I picked out. I can go straight for the coffee that I have ready. Like it's, it's all about the kitchen is clean. Like it's all yeah. about setting up the night before so that I don't have to have a morning routine. Yeah. I just feel like with with people who have kids too it's like how can you ever predict a morning i feel like with young kids you can't they're probably just running around they're screaming this today they don't want to put their clothes on today they want to eat breakfast like i just feel like it's chaos so if you have everything ready to go for your day at night which is way easier because you probably put your kids down you have a little time before you go to bed so that can be the time where you do your nighttime routine get everything set up for the day prep your breakfast if you want you know get your I don't set the coffee maker, whatever you need to do. And then that way, when shit does get chaotic, chaotic during the day, you're good to go. So, I, yeah, I mean, if you if, if you do like a morning routine, that's fine. I just feel like people generally do the same things in the morning because of their work schedule. But I really like in uh, on the other hand, I feel like a lot of people, their nighttime routine is the thing that varies when I think you should flip it. I think you should just have a set routine that helps you wind down and get to sleep and then just set yourself up for success for the next day. So, or agreed. Cool. cool. All, All right. right. That's it. Yeah. Cool. If you like this show, please rate and review it. 
and tell all of your friends to do it too and share our podcast because it helps our little small business get seen. Yes. Yeah.